have a love-hate relationship with running? I break that down, coming up next. Welcome to Happily Ever Active, where we crack the consistency code with fitness tips on motivation, mindset, and much, much more. Now, here's your host, author of Feel Like It, and the guy with the silent O, Kelly Dell. Hello again, it's Kelly here. It's episode number 16. And this week, I wanted to talk a little bit more about a particular activity that a lot of us have done at some point and why we form a love-hate relationship with it, and that is running. I grew up as a very sporty kid, and I wasn't really paying attention to it at the time. It's actually taken decades before I've been able to process exactly how my relationship with running has become what it has become or became what it became. As a sporty kid playing a lot of different sports like basketball, baseball, hockey, and whatnot, running was never really something I did for its own sake. I always, if I did it at all, ran as part of my preparation for something else. And I'd say a lot of athletes are like this, unless you are, in fact, a runner and you compete, you are a track athlete, or you run cross country, or you are in a sport where one of the disciplines is running like triathlon. But as one of my friends keeps pointing out to me on a regular basis, he keeps citing a book called Born to Run. And it's a hard concept to argue that we are born, we are designed, our our physiology, our genetic code is designed for us to be runners. And there's been a lot of evolutionary pressures upon us, selective pressures upon us to become this way. Now, these days, of course, a lot of those pressures have been alleviated. So here we are, human beings that are indeed designed to run, but with much of the necessity to run taken away from us. We don't need to run. We don't need to be runners to survive these days. We don't need it to gain sustenance, to outrun predators, to hunt down our food and whatnot. So running has now become a free choice. But why do people choose it and then quit very shortly after? I wanted to talk about that a little bit and I'll give you some of my thoughts because I run. I'm not a competitive runner, but I run. And my relationship with running over time has strengthened and it really couldn't have gotten any worse than it did when I was younger. I want to, and I want to dive into that a little bit more this episode. And as usual, stick around for the latter half of the show because I've got some questions of the week for you. So every week I give questions of the week, some food for thought to perhaps give you some differing perspectives or a different perspective on what you're doing with your fitness journey. And sometimes I use them intentionally to prompt you into some different actions that can help you find activities that fit you better or do those activities in ways that are more resonating and more motivating. So stick around for the questions of the week at the latter half. Now, getting back to my childhood, as I mentioned, I was a very sporty kid. One of the one of my my earliest memories is playing hockey, getting my skates on as most Canadian kids do when they're younger, but I also remember playing t-ball and running is a it was a, a, a natural part or a, just a, a main part of that sport. And so you ran when you played. And of course, 
outside of the structured sporting scene, I, you know, played tag, uh, a lot of chasing games and stuff like that. So running was just a part of daily life, if you will. And I realize too now that, of course, that's not how everybody experiences or learns or it gets introduced to running. I would say though, as a caveat, that everyone starts off with some relationship with running because as kids, we are really striving, not necessarily consciously, but we're striving to get to the point where we can run. We go, we, you know, we crawl and then we, we, we stand up and we scale across or alongside walls and couches and stuff. Eventually we walk and then we awkwardly find our running stride. And eventually that inclination to fulfill that skill set that we have in our genetic code gets replaced or it just doesn't get supported because there, again, there is no necessity to do it from a evolutionary perspective. And so we have to build those things into what we do. Although if you were to release a bunch of kids onto a playground at recess in elementary school, for example, there'd be a lot of running. There's a propensity to run. There's part, it's part of us. As we continued through school, or at least particularly in, as part of my background, running became part and parcel of physical education. And if you were a sporty kid, you would get your running, you know, through the sports you played outside of school and in school and in phys ed. And so you end up having this relationship that for me, at least running was always a gateway to something else. It wasn't necessarily fun, although playing tag certainly is fun, but you're not really focusing on the act of running as much as chasing and catching. And so there's that aspect of it too. But I remember very clearly, very clearly, when I got to the age of about, of about, uh, you know, 11, 12, 13 in there, we're talking junior high, so grade seven or eight, it became really clear to me, it's much more clear in my head now, that those were times where our relationship with physical activity changes quite a bit. But in particular with running, I remember my junior high school, they used, or at least a few teachers used, running as punishment. And maybe this is something that you've witnessed too, that if you misbehaved in class, and this isn't in phys ed class, this is in science class or social studies or whatever it was, that your teacher can inflict a few laps of the track or the field. We had a big soccer field in junior high. And so if you were acting out not listening or you were misbehaving in class, you could say, Kevin, you got three laps and you'd have to go and do those three laps as punishment. So of course, the teachers treated this act as something that should deter behavior because it's not pleasurable. It's not enjoyable. And particularly when it's really warm outside. Ethically, there's many issues to do with that. But it's really fascinating if you think about it, how at least, you know, back in my day, if you will, that this was one facet of how people became or related to running, how ex people experienced running. And so that relationship that running is something you should do as punishment or when you take, and this is not, I should take a quick diversion. This is not just reserved for in the school setting. I remember playing sports and being given laps or given some sort of running task as punishment or some sort of method to correct behavior. And so then we are constantly exposed or then we become exposed, not necessarily constantly, but we become exposed to this idea that running is punishment. And so it's not any surprise that during these formative years, 
let's say between, you know, the ages of eight or nine and 15, 16 years old, that when we start, you know, and for a lot of us, we start dipping out of organized sport that we don't really pick up anything outside of that, that if it's not organized, we don't do a lot of it on our own because we've got this association with it as it being something unpleasurable or something that is a punishment or in my case as as an athlete it's something to get me better at something else i'd rather not do it though because it is again something that we've also associated with punishment and so as a pitcher in baseball we're always told that pitchers have to run you know if you're cardiovascularly more fit you're able to stay out and play and, and sorry stay out and pitch longer you can get a few more innings out there when you, when things are going well etc 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 so you know there's this use of running as something to help you get better and i know a lot of people out there who are you know and i'm sure you do too who will run and they will run happily as part of their training to do something else it's just something that they include because they know Yes, it is convenient and they don't necessarily have that negative relationship with it, even though it's not necessarily high up on their list. But for a lot of us, it's down on the list. And for me, it certainly was given how we experienced it. And so it took a while for me personally to find the joy in running. That took some time. And in fact, the time it took, the time where that really took root for me was when I moved from Canada to the south of England and I ended up getting an apartment. I got a flat just on the outside of Southampton near the New Forest. And the New Forest is this national park and there's it's a beautiful national park. And in this national park, there are wild ponies that live there. There's just these, it's just beautiful landscape. And my my flat was right next to it. And given that I had moved from one country to another, and I didn't have really any friends. I just started a new job teaching in a sports science program. I had a lot of time on my hands and I had no gym membership. I was a, I was a baseball player. So I, there was no, you know, real baseball team there. I didn't play soccer, wasn't really interested in that sport. And so what was there to fill my time? I would go back home after a day of lecturing, etc., And I'd have all this time. And what do I do? Go down to the pub And there's many of those, as you guys can imagine, there's many of those almost on every corner and just kill time by hanging with the locals and having a few pints. Now, that would be something I would do from time to time. That was fun, but, you know, not exactly the most positive impact on your health. So I looked for something else to do. And one of the things that's always been of interest to me is being outside. Maybe that just comes from the fact that You know, I've spent a lot of time at cottages during um, my childhood and that sports are, you know, for the most part, a lot of the sports are played outside. I just found a lot of resonance with outdoor settings, with being out in nature. And so I started looking like, well, maybe when I was, you know, living in the south of England, I was like, maybe I should take up running. Maybe I should explore that again. And I was about 24, 25 at the time. I started that job fairly young, 24, 25. I got together my gear, bought a few accessories, upgraded my shoes, and off I went. I found a trailhead that uh, I didn't really know where it went. I was just going to do it out and back, but I remember it really clearly because where I parked my car and uh, the route that I took was sort of sandy-ish. And I just remember, you know, that it was not like running 
on concrete. It was not like running on the baseball diamonds. It was, it was running, it was different. And I remember that because at the end of the runs, when I was really tired and I'd be running back to the car, I just remember how, man, how much extra work that was. So I remember that route very clearly. But the great thing about that experience for me was I really started to understand, although I understand a lot more now, almost, uh, you know, 15 years after the fact, 20 years after the fact, 15, let's, let's not age myself too much here. 15 years after the fact, I now realize the atmosphere really mattered. And it matters to a lot of activities. But for me personally, it really mattered that I was doing this outside. And and also, there were a small collection of experiences that happened early on because I chose that setting that made the run a little bit more than just the act of running itself. That atmosphere, there was things in that atmosphere. For example, I remember running that route, which I started, I think I started with maybe three or four kilometers and that's it. And I kind of built up to about 15 kilometers. That's what I ended up building that route into uh, eventually. But along the way, the deeper I went into the forest, I ended up having these encounters with these ponies. I had uh, gone out for these runs and after about half an hour, I'd be far away, far enough away from the roads and I'd hear stuff in the trees or I'd see, for example, three or four ponies grazing, just minding their own business. And I thought, how cool is that? Here I am, you know, in a different country and I'm going for a run and minding my own business and so are they. And at one point, one of the coolest moments I ever had was, and it was a bit scary, but I was running back on this out and back route that I had. I was running down my typical trail and alongside the trail, just off the trail, were three or four ponies, again, running alongside me. And you could hear the thundering of the of the hooves, right? You the, the classic sound. And I was like, what's going on here? Did I spook them? Whatever. But they were running beside me. And then a few more came. And I thought, how crazy is this? And it just was just, you know, it's a little bit of magic. And, you know, whatever that does biochemically, stuff was flying around in my head at that point. The neurotransmitters were firing in very positive ways. And I remember going back going, well, that was cool. That was the first time that I can remember that running became something I looked forward to. It wasn't preparation for something else. It could be something something stronger. And as I exited from organized sport, which was around my mid-20s, I felt like that stage of my life had run its course and I was looking for other things. And so, of course, I went to the gym and I did those types of things, but I was just always exploring other things. I ran races too and road races as uh, a few of my colleagues were runners too. But the real the real um, special part of that whole experience was running in the forest, running in the new forest in the south of England. And these days now, I live in the west end of Ottawa, and we have, we're very fortunate to have a great trail system right, you know, right near where I live. And now it's different than the new forest. In fact, it's more wooded, but I see animals in there all the time. I also see a lot more people, but, you know, I I can take or leave running road races. I I like running, uh, you know, mostly with people and I love events. The energy of events is always something motivating because it's a very, it's very cool to see people challenge themselves and it's inspira- it's inspirational to me to see people do some things for the very first time that I get a lot of uh, juice from that but if i had to pick between it i would say you know give me the trails any you know any time of day i i'd prefer running on the trails i don't need to i don't need to have a watch i don't need to run 
a race. I just love being out there. There's just something so therapeutic, but I also just love the smell of the woods. I love the fresh air. I love, you know, what's around the corner. What, you know, like I love the ability, the, the, the idea that, you know, an owl might be swooping across a trail or a deer might be just up ahead. And that's what I have available to me. And that's really strengthened part of the relationship I've got with running. I, the atmosphere is really important. And I talk about this a lot in my work that it's not necessarily just the activity because we can run. There's a lot of different ways we can run. We can run short distances, long distances. We can even run ultra marathons. We can go slow for long, long periods of time. We, but we can run on the roads. We can run on the trails. We can run hills. We can run all these different ways. It's not just running. There's a lot of facets to running and there's a lot of decisions you can, you can make. And there's a lot of uh, adjustments you can make if running is not necessarily resonating with you. And so if you've got this background where running has always been uh, not really that much fun, or you've had these experiences where you're trying to get back on that fitness bus and because running is so convenient and because you want to start rather quickly and inexpensively, you pick running as your thing to do, you have a lot of choices after that. There, There's opportunities to improve upon just getting up, putting on your shoes and going run for the neighborhood if you are a little bit open-minded. And so, yes, we need to establish a good rhythm, good resonance with the act of running itself. And so intensity management matters, um, even how you pick your routes around your neighborhood. But think about all the different ways you can run. Are you looking to run really slow for long? Is that the kind of feeling that you like? Do you like to run with other people? If you are curious about running with other people but never really done it, where can you go and do that? Do you have a friend or you know, a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, or whatever who might want to come out with you at least once in a while and go for a run? And you know, you can have conversations. I know a lot of people, particularly people who run, you know, long distance on the weekend, they like to have a slow run that they do with friends. And that's something that I like too. I don't like it necessarily every time. It's not my preference every time, but there's a social element you can incorporate. And so running doesn't just have to be this idea, slap on your sneakers and go out there and grind away. You know, running can be this opportunity to explore your preferences a little bit more. And it might even be, you know, when you run, and I've mentioned this several times in previous episodes, when you run might be a big part of the experience, the resonance of the experience. Because again, when we add all these things up, if we're looking for or looking to create a routine that is sustainable, that you feel you feel like repeating week upon week, or at least feel more like repeating week after week, then trying to create resonant experiences as much as possible should be at the, the it should be the highest priority. It should be at the top of the list. Not the goal time, not the goal distance, but the feeling that you want. And so if you're just starting, even if you've got this relationship, whereas in phys, you know, phys ed, you know, 10 years ago or whatever, running just, you just hated it. And it was just never fun. You were maybe the slower kid or people teased you or whatever, the, whatever there, whatever's attached to all of that. You have an opportunity now to reclaim that relationship. There's an opportunity to explore your, your preferences. And, you know, people ask me sometimes like, because I always talk about, you know, find stuff that you enjoy and I help people find things that they enjoy and do them enjoyable ways. But people always say, well, can you, can you just pick anything and fall in love with that thing? And I, I say, well, no, I think at a basic level in, in, in each of us, there's, 
some fundamental preferences that we have, and some of them go unexplored, it might be just running you know, unto itself is just not a fit for you. And, and it might be biking that is something that resonates more or something else. And so I won't say, like, oh, okay, you know, you can teach anyone to like running. I think you can teach anyone to like running more, absolutely. So there's degrees. I think there's wiggle room in trying to find or create resonance with it, with that activity. Running, like most physical activities, gives you this opportunity to find something within that discipline, so running as a discipline, to create something that you like more than other things. And so for me, you know, giving going back to my story here, for me, that was clearly running outside for one off treadmills i can't i mean i've said it before i can't i can't do treadmills it's really agonizing for me and and that to me is an indicator it's not just about the act of running itself it has to be more than just the act of running otherwise i would just love to run on treadmill for hours and hours and hours it ha- there has to be more to it so over the years it's got to be done outside and usually in nature on a trail throw in a few people that has been a big part of it for me and down the list is running on, you know, sidewalks and roads, running on, you know, in urban settings. I will do that. I will run with a run club that runs downtown here in Ottawa, a couple of them. There's two of them. And I want to do that a lot more, but I like the social element. That's the part that drags me out. But I really love being in the woods and that really drags me out. I really feel like I need to be out in nature. And so these are the things that you got to consider when you're making your choices. That's how I, I see it. And so our relationship with running for a lot of us, and I'm going to put myself in this group to some degree. Our relationship with running usually starts off pretty in a, in, in a pretty rough way. And that could have been like all the way down to elementary school and, and you know, in, in middle school. And, and eventually, you know, for a lot of people, that relationship doesn't ever really rebound. And so we just have this association that running, running sucks, you know, and whenever you try and take on a new fitness journey and you bring running into it, you know, especially the early days, the first few weeks, it really sucks. And that's part of that is because while your body adapts just to anything, the first few weeks is always a bit uncomfortable. And so we have to accept that. But it might be too that we just go a little bit too hard and and we don't manage the intensity in a way to create early enjoyment. And we also, going back to my running in, in the forest, in my trail running, my early days of my trail running, we also don't think a lot about where we run and the atmospheres in which we do it, which are a huge contributor to how much, how attracted we become to, to running. And so food for thought there. So here's the question of the day. So I promised a question of the day for you. And whether you have a, a love-hate relationship with running or you're blissfully married to it or you're somewhere in between, whatever, I think the question still applies. So if you were to choose, you know, the ideal run, an ideal running experience for you, what would that be? What would have to be in place for you to really have either the best run you've ever had or a way more likable run than, you, than you've been having? What are the factors that are really important to you? Do you need to do it alone? You know, have that quiet time. Is that really important? Do you need to do it to music? What are the things that are going to help you carve out an experience that has been more positive than it has been? Because if running is one of those things that is really convenient, low cost, and this is one of the easiest things to get up and do for for most people, then why don't we have a little bit more thought on what it is we can do that is within our control to allow ourselves to have the most motivating experience possible, particularly if you're just getting back 
into it or just trying to start a routine. So that's what I wanted to talk to you about today. I have had a very interesting journey with running. I have uh, in 2019, I've got a few more running events on my schedule than I have had in several years. I've gone through a big period of time where I've run pretty much uncompetitively. And I don't treat races, for example, as competitions. I'm not trying to beat anybody. I just love the atmosphere. I've That's what I've learned over the years, that there is something really special about a bunch of people doing something that I think is healthy. And they're all very supportive of one another. Well, at least the ones who are running on the back half of the pack, which I often find myself uh, they're pretty supportive because we're not really trying to beat each other in any way, but there's something about events that I think are really special. And so I've tried to include more of these. I've realized how valuable these events are before that even gets on the radar, you know, reflect a little bit on those questions about what are the things that really create a positive experience with running for you. So with that, thanks again for hearing me out today on my thoughts about running and developing a relationship, a positive relationship with running. You can follow the show on Instagram at happily ever active show. You can also go to kellydell.com, that's D-O-E-L-L.com, and you can download a free PDF called The Five Signs That You Might Need a Motivation Makeover to get a little bit more of that self-reflection going on your fitness journey. And until next time... Here's to living happily ever active. This episode of Happily Ever Active has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more content on the mental side of fitness. Oh, and don't forget to rate and review the show. See you next time.